Good morning, evening, whatever time of day it is for you people out there. It's your host, Austin Serrata. Uh, and if you can't already tell, I do have a guest today, and it is once again the man, the myth, the legend, Drew Brummer. Joseph, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. I'm back. <laughs> Me back in this every time. <laughs> so if you can't tell, Drew and I just got off of uh, off of work, and uh, yeah, we're a little tired, a little bit. But uh, we're ready to, you know, keep this. We're we're gonna keep the positive energy flowing. Um, I task I asked Drew to be on here today because I had an idea at work. Spontaneous opinions. Now I have three um topics I'm gonna cover today. Uh, Drew knows two of them, uh, but he doesn't have any background. And uh, there's a third. So we're gonna be going over. I want to start off with just jumping right into it. Uh, by the way, for those who don't know, Drew has a YouTube account, Drew Brummer. Drew Brummer on YouTube. It is not hard if you just, you know, go and type in Drew. Oh, I mess, I'm messing with my mic. My fault. If you just go and type in Drew Brummer, that's uh, Brummer, like drummer, with, but with a B. And Drew, you just spelled Drew, just Drew, D-R-E-U, D-R-E-W, my fault, uh, on YouTube. Get him to 100 subscribers. He's so, so close. What are you at now, Drew? I'm at 83. 83, man. We don't yeah. even have that. We have half that. We're, we're grinding out here. We're, <laughs> we're all trying. I mean, you're grinding. Uh, I've skipped the last three weeks because I'm just a bum and I can't find a regular schedule. But these next three weeks, I am not going anywhere. The month of October, I was somewhere every single weekend. So it really made um, uh, what's it called hard. Because whenever I get back on Sundays, I have to go to work. And I don't want to just get home and record because I'm lazy. But it doesn't matter. We're pumping out episodes all this week. We're pumping out episodes next week. And the week after that, minimum, period in the story. And then after that, it just gets into the holidays once again. It's going to be tough. But we're going to get there. All right. So, Drew, jumping right into it. First and foremost, it's – I can't get it out of my mouth. I really wish I could take the Twitter, but I only have like 150 – uh, like followers on Twitter, so it doesn't really matter. Salary cap. I hate the salary cap. I'm not saying it should be taken away. I'm saying I hate the fact that big market teams can literally spend more money than smaller market teams. Do you think that there is a solution in the near future that will come or that will be brought up to where small market teams don't have to completely rebuild through the draft and can actually keep their players rather than losing them to a big market team, such as the Lakers, such as the Clippers, such as the Rockets or the Knicks, all these big market teams. I would even say Miami is now a big market team um, with their increase in popularity and the size of Miami. I would say that they're a pretty big market team, in my opinion, but thoughts and opinions. Okay, first, uh, uh, before we get into it, like Austin said, I, I don't know anything that we're talking about today. He literally called me. He was like, yo, Drew, get on the podcast. I was like, all right, what time? Let's go. And that was it. Um, so before we get into it, are you specifically talking about basketball? Yes. Are you talking about all major league sports? Because it, it, it differs between multiple sports. You're and, right. 
stuff. Uh, yeah. So mainly I just wanted to say basketball. Let's just focus on basketball. However, I do think that it's a huge problem in baseball. We were literally right before we got on here, we were talking about Moneyball, how Billy Bean took the Oakland A's, built a team that won the same amount of games on one third of the freaking salary cap that the Yankees had. They won the same amount of game as the Yankees in 2002, yet they only had $40 million to spend, and the Yankees had, like, I can't even remember, but it was literally three times that. I believe it was $120 million, but I'm not too sure. Uh, but that's probably not going to get resolved. Baseball's always been that way. Baseball's always going to be that way, I think. But with basketball, I think that there's a real chance that there can there, – there can, be an even playing field. That's what I'm asking about. Yeah, I mean, obviously the easy answer is is have the league change to where a salary cap is is fixed for every single team, aka let's just keep it simple. Every team gets $100 million because that's an easy, easily divisible number. You say, okay, $100 million needs to be distributed between all of your players, coaches, etc. And that's what you got, you know, but it is difficult to pinpoint what that number is because you would have to make it fair for the bottom teams to keep up with that number and then still pay the general managers and the general managers then of those higher market teams would then pocket a lot more money. And then the players union would get involved and they would be like, well, the general manager of the Lakers is pocketing so much money. We want that money to go to the players. But then the problem is, is that whoever's, 30th in the NBA, I don't know, maybe the Hornets or, you know, some team that's not bringing in a bunch of money is then going to be like, well, we can't, you know, the, the owner's not going to get paid as much money because they have to pay it all to their players. Um, so like I said, easiest answer. Yeah. Just make it simple. Be like, everyone gets the same amount of money, but everyone's going to follow the money and people aren't going to be happy, happy either way. Um, I think just off of the top of my head, right, you know, I'm trying to just figure out this question as I'm going through. I think the, the easiest way is, is kind of finding a balance between allowing higher market teams to still have this ability to pay players more because they do have a higher market. They have more publicity. More people are going to watch them. They should have stars in their city. Why would a L.A. team you know, not have a star in their city when everyone wants to go watch them play, um, but then still make it fair for the bottom teams to be able to compete. And so, you know, yes, there's an advantage to the top teams, but the bottom teams at least can compete. And it's not a one third gap. It's, it's, a, it's maybe you find what that top gap is, you find what that bottom gap is, and you kind of narrow in the scale to where it's within whatever millions of dollars it is. And so the top salary cap is based off of what the championship team or the most amount of uh, high engrossing teams make instead of just this ambiguous number that is put in by all of the averages because it's kind of right. top loaded. You know, everybody's like, you know, the salary cap is awarded to the teams that obviously make more money. Uh, therefore, like, why should the Lakers give money to, like we said, the Hornets? The Hornets are probably the smallest market team that I can sit here and think of. Uh, I, I really wouldn't 
just right off the top of my head, uh, maybe Detroit. No, Detroit's a pretty big city. Maybe the Pelicans. I'm not sure. New Orleans is pretty big too. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I'm trying to think of new teams that are you know maybe established in their fan base. I can look it up. Yeah, uh, no, without a doubt. But why you do that? But you know they the whole point behind this is. People are going to come, like, say if they try to restructure this, they're always going to come back and be like, well, why should the Lakers give money to the Hornets because the Hornets couldn't bring in fans or the Hornets aren't, you know, in the biggest city like the Lakers. I I just think that that's just absolutely BS because at the end of the day, this salary cap creates such a huge disadvantage for a team like the Hornets who have to rebuild through the draft. Well, one wrong pick, two wrong picks, and you're already back to square one, basically, or you're stuck with the mediocre team. Like, you're basically saying, like, if you get one pick wrong, you're not going to pull any big market names. The biggest market name that they've pulled is Terry Rozier. Guess what, pal? That's not a big market name. So I just think that it's really unfair, and I think that it shouldn't be like, oh, well, why should I have – I, a.k.a. the Houston Rockets, why should we give money to the Phoenix Suns? Because, you know, we are allowed 20 million more in cap space than they are, uh, but they're getting better draft picks. Well, obviously, look where these, where these better draft picks are getting them. Like, see what I'm trying to say here? You know how much, like, if they had extra money, you know how much that would help them at the end of the day? That's what I, I'm trying to say. I agree. So real quick, I don't know if this is exactly the number we're looking for. Try and make this fast, but um, it says NBA's franchise value by team in 2020. So this is the, what they value as. Right. Um, I'm not particularly sure if this means how much money they are bringing in in revenue, um, but the last team in 30th would be the Memphis Grizzlies. 29th would be mm. Pelicans. 28th would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, um, the- so their overall value means like if you were to take everything that they have and combine it together, that's what they're worth. Right, right. So those are the bottom teams just for reference. Hornets, I think, were fifth or sixth. But um, yeah, it, it's it's always been a struggle in sports, and, and that's why, especially you know, teams like in the MLB and the NBA, you know, they've had teams where they have run through championships look at ie celtics lakers mm-hmm. new york yankees most winningest team in all of professional sports most championships because they have the most money right. um i personally the reason why i follow the nfl more than any of the other professional leagues is because yep. it is all set up to be as fair as possible to yep. every team literally it's there's no lottery draft system and Mm -hmm. every team plays every game so it's like if you get the if you're the worst team you get the best pick next year right it's it's not this college football where if you're alabama and you win you get the top recruits for next year and you keep reloading just like you know if you're winning as the lakers now you have even more of a market because people want to keep watching you exactly and so it you know it's always been a struggle but it always has brought in fans because they follow the money. They're not just saying, okay, you're the Bengals. So we're going to try to help you out the most, you know, and then those teams that are in the middle area are just kind of average, you know, they do follow the money. And so stars drive the leagues. And that's what happens in MLB and NBA stars drive the league. And Mm -hmm. it's because stars go to the top 
paying place that's going to pay them the most money. Except and then the most amount of people, you know, right. And the most <laughs> amount of people see them. And so they get the most expo- exposure. So then the stars run the league instead of the teams, right? The Patriots yep. have run the league, right? Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, if you look at the NFL, you know, yeah, if you're a diehard fan, you would know a lot of the Patriots players, but I guarantee you couldn't tell me who was playing on defense special teams and really making everything work in that team scenario. I could probably only tell you like one offensive lineman on the Patriots last year. Exactly. Like that's the only one that I know. Exactly. That's a great point. And I think that that's why that the NFL is the most watched league in America because of the overall fact that anything can honestly happen. I mean, you could put a team on paper, like the dream team Eagles back in the day. Yeah. I never believed it either, but uh, and then you get the product that you did, AKA they flopped. I think they went eight and eight, which that's not a dream team, but uh, you know, I just, I, I wanted to get your take on that. Uh, we can wrap it up rather quickly because we can go on and on about it. Um, but I just think that there needs to be a place in basketball. And I don't say that because the Lakers just won the title. However, I just don't like how, once again, you can pay LeBron $35 million, you can pay AD $35 million, and then you still have enough money to build a solid roster. That's what I don't like. And then you have teams like the Memphis Grizzlies who have to completely rebuild through the draft. And if they don't do it, they're looking at 10 years worth of rebuilding. That's just, that's just me. But and, and and to to point your last thing to it all to kind of book in this. Every league has always struggled with some form of managing their money mm-hmm. because the idea, and you see it even in the NFL, is, is you're trying to moneyball this and get the best player for the lowest amount of money. Obviously, if you can get a star rookie that contributes to your team off of his rookie contract before he then gets paid a lot of money you are getting production out of the small amount of money that you're bringing in or having to pay him. And and so, you know, like you said, for the Lakers, okay, you pay star players and you can then support, you know, supporting cast teams like the Grizzlies is if you don't hit on these star players that will win you games, you aren't going to do anything because kind of like the Astros, like you have to get this huge team of low paying players that hit that are all stars and then make this all work together. And, and so right. every team, big or small, is always in this idea of, you know, warriors, whatever it is. You, you, have, to, you have to get players in the draft that are going to be 10 times better than what you're paying them. And then you can use your money other ways allocated to supporting characters to your main team. Obviously, the Warriors are the pinnacle of the rebuilding through the draft phase because obviously Oakland's not a big market, but uh, you know they made it work. Yeah, and, and you, you have selfless players like Clay and Steph who are willing up willing to give up a little bit of cash so that way they can actually get some help. But anyway, moving on. Great, great takes. First off, great takes. But uh, moving on. All right, we're going to. Overrated, just right, or underrated? Now I'm going to name some young QBs, and I have two wide receivers on here. Uh, I didn't put a lot because, once again, we're on a time constraint. Um, I didn't put a lot. But uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven people that I want your your, your honest opinion on. Uh, they're young QBs in this league, on the come up. Uh, and, you know, honestly, I was trying to 
not pick anything obvious. That was the that was the point. So like I didn't pick a Kyler, I didn't pick a Lamar, I didn't pick a Patrick Mahomes. Those are all they're all stars in their own respective categories. Now I think we can establish that. Um, but I, I picked the, the the young boys that you know aren't proven yet, and I just want to know your honest opinion. Okay, starting off, the Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield now. 61% completion, 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. His career, 17-20 in terms of win-loss, 9,000 yards, 64-42 and 42 in terms of touchdown interse- uh, interception ratio. Overrated, just right, or underrated? Um, and you can even right. explain a little bit if you want. Right. So I'm going to go with currently he's just right because I, I do think that the media puts him in a – more negative than positive light. And that's kind of where I have him as a uh, below average quarterback. And and that's due to his high draft pick number one overall, of course. Um, I I wouldn't have him as uh, underrated um, due to the fact that, you know, when you are a number one overall pick, you have to kind of live up to high standards. And so it's very hard to be underrated as a number one overall quarterback unless you happen to you know exceed expectations and be a hall of fame famer from that top pick overrated i wouldn't put him into a trash category i think um a lot of his career he was kind of handled you know the situation through the browns and offensive line struggles um but however this year i know that they are a run first team and they're kind of taking a lot off of him and so he's doing a lot better but when you do have a great offensive line and you have star wide receivers and all of this stuff, you know, we still want you to put up a production of a top quarterback. So I have him just perfectly where the media puts him. I think he is um, average to below average quarterback. Um, he is not a long-term franchise quarterback. He is a short-term franchise quarterback, um, but that's what I got for Baker. You know, honestly, I don't know why, but for some reason, I compare him to Joe Flacco, who I never saw as a long-term franchise quarterback, even after winning that Super Bowl, because he got carried by his defense. That's a fact. I just don't know why. I don't really find, like, a real similar connection, but, like, whenever I think of Baker, I think of Joe. It's like Joe was really bad, but then you have Spurts, a.k.a. Baker's five-touchdown, you know, game last week. He'd have spurts where it's like, okay, well, maybe you can stick around for a little longer, you know? I just think that it's too early to tell in terms of long-term, short-term, but I think right now it's, once again, I agree with you, average to below average, but number one overall pick definitely shouldn't have happened for Baker, honestly. But um, that's just me. I say he's, he's just right as well. Because, like you said, the media gives him so much negativity, it's just ridiculous. And um, uh, is it deserved? Yeah. Is it? Eh, some of it's not, but for the most part, yeah, I think so. All right, moving on. A little bit more controversial. Dwayne Haskins. Now, 61%, 949 in terms of yardage, 4-3 to three in terms of touchdown interception. It's hard especially because he's on the, the football team. I can't say – I really want to say the R word, but I can't because, you know, there's not that – you know, they're not that anymore. Um, 
is it too early to tell? Is it too early to give up? Or is he really just overrated and you don't see a future? Yeah, he's trash. He is overrated. (laughs) And I was always uh, never on Dwayne Hatt. I was like, when he came out as a first-round draft grade, I was like, how? Like, he was, like, in rotation with other guys at Ohio State. I know he put up a bunch of stuff, but I was like, like, where's JT Barrett even being in consideration for a draft pick? Not even close. I was like, this makes no sense. And you had your chance. You had your time to try to do things. And you got benched. Like, there is – his career's done. He's going to be a um, a Josh Rosen. It's – he's done. Like, I I truly think that Washington has moved on from him. They realize, let's tank again. Let's try to find another quarterback. Let's keep putting more pieces around what we have. But it is – it's not looking good at all. I think he is overrated and he's washed and done. My thing is – I thought JT Barrett was a better quarterback overall than Dwayne Haskins. But, you know, looking at this, fun fact for you, he's from Wichita Falls, Texas. That's crazy. But um, he was with new – like, he didn't even go get drafted. What's First off, he didn't even get drafted. Signed with the Saints as an undrafted uh, free agent. Cut. Seattle, practice squad. Uh, cut. Back to New Orleans, same year, by the way, 2018-2019. Practice squad for the Saints, cut. And this past offseason, he was with the Steelers. I I just I, – I don't know what happened to JT Barrett, to be honest with you. I always thought he was better than Dwayne Haskins. But, yes, I agree with you. Trash won't ever be anything. He'll be a backup baby, if that, for the rest of his career. Um, will definitely be the bust of that draft, without a doubt. I'm glad we we're on the same page on that one because I was about to fight, honestly. Uh, all right, a little bit tougher. Drew Locke now with an injured injury riddled season 58%, 972, four touchdowns, five interceptions on the year. Has been injured six and four in terms of career win loss, 1,947 yards total with 11 and eight. Where does he stand? Yeah, um, I want to like say pass because it's like so hard to (laughs) put him in any categories due to his injury. I'll say this. He's definitely shown potential. He has not shown anything of guarantee, but he's shown potential. So I think he is in the perfect category of like this sleeper quarterback. If you're talking fantasy football, if you're talking an NFL quarterback, you know, like, potential it's it's all about we've seen stuff from him we need to see it long term injuries you can't count that against the guy unless you continually have injuries and you are just injury prone guy yeah I think he has shown stuff he definitely has all the things that it takes I'm gonna just put him you know right where he is because you know I think that the media does know him as a over not a hype overhyped guy but you know he's, he's pretty hyped as he's got potential yeah. Um, he's not overrated because he hasn't done anything terrible to disappoint. Um, but he's definitely, you know, that Broncos franchise guy that they've been really looking for um, for a while. Um, I, I do like him. And I think that they have a lot of young supporting cast around him that they have time to kind of give him a shot. 
Bro, Cortland, Jerry Judy, Philip Lindsay. Uh, we can say Melvin Gordon, I guess, even though he's really not playing like Melvin Gordon. Noah Fant. Uh, Noah Fant for sure is going to be a top five tight end. I'm predicting next year. Um, but, you know, here's my thing with injuries. Bones can't do anything about that, honestly. You can't – I mean, I guess you can say it's up to you how dense your bones are, but not really. Now, if it's soft tissue – then that's where, like, if, if there's a receiver out there, constant hammy issues, he's injury prone. Like, if you if it's tissue, I say it's injury prone, like, uh, kind of, you know, the, that a person can be slid into that category. But if it's, like, bones, it's, like, really? You go out there and arm fracture or broken collarbone. I mean, can you really do anything about that? Not really, in my opinion. I mean, maybe drink more milk. But – yeah, but uh, no, I definitely agree with you. Um, Drew, well, actually, no. I'm going to put Drew Locke in the underrated category. He's shown a lot. He's got moxie, as they would say. I'm pardon my take. He's got moxie. I like him, but he is inaccurate AF right now. And that 58% kind of shows it. I, I didn't see what he had on his career in terms of uh, percentage complete, like completion percentage, but – Watching the games that I have, I just know that he likes to throw it up there, and I think he takes a little bit too much gamble, like too many gambles, uh, that lead to his incompletions, uh, as well as very much overthrowing and missing the heck out of wide open wide receivers. But that's just me. I think he's underrated because I definitely think that that's something that he can fix, and he's very young, but they have to be patient. Have to be patient. All right, Joe Burrow, too soon. Or um, are we already putting him as, you know, he's the real deal. He's a package deal here. He's the real deal. He is the real deal. I, uh, I've i been saying this multiple times on my channel. I did a video on him um, and, and everything. He is the real deal. I mean, he won last week without Joe Mixon, without every single one of his starting offensive linemen. He had two. He had two. Okay, they lost well, their left tackle, I think their right guard and their center. From what I heard was that all of the five guys in there were trash, essentially. Basically. And that he – I mean, he showed it in college too that it, it's his ability to make very quick decisions in his reading the defense. So right. for, I, I don't have the stat on me, but I know it was something crazy of how his time of thinking his of his decision – and getting the ball out was faster than almost any college quarterback type thing. And he, he is able to extend plays with his legs. He's a tough guy. He's a hard worker, but he's on the Bengals. So he's you know, not <laughs> going to, he's not going to just be handed the, the reins like Patrick Mahomes is and have all these weapons, but he's going to win football games. Once the Bengals put supporting cast <sighs> around him. And no, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, maybe even underrated type thing. He's the real deal. Joe Burrow, franchise quarterback. He's gonna be moving forward. Great. I agree. I'm not even gonna say anything on it. All right. Um. Uh. Fast. Justin Herbert. Sixty-seven percent. Eighteen hundred twenty yards. Fifteen to five in terms of touchdown interception. He's underrated. Uh. I. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna put him. You know, as like quote unquote the the real deal or anything. Um, I, but I do, I do kind of put him in that category. Um, 
the reason why I say underrated is because everyone is like Joe Burrow, great, all this, Justin Herbert, you know, a um, little bit slept on uh, from what I've seen. People are either like really, really high on him or really, really like, you know, this is going to end type. Um, great arm, sling the ball. I did also a video on him. I'm trying to do all kind of the rookie quarterbacks in their debuts. Um, he can run with the football a lot. And oh, facts. he's so accurate um, on the run, on the run um, was what I saw. And so I think you got, you got a real quarterback franchise guy in him. Um, I really like Herbert and Joe Burrow moving forward. Um, Justin Herbert to me would be the type of player that next year in fantasy, you take a shot on late to hopefully have that second year breakout like Pat Mahomes did, Lamar Jackson did, Kyler Murray's having this year, maybe even a Josh Allen's having this year, and Herbert next year. I mean, shoot, I'm taking a shot on him now. I mean, I started – mind you, all right, to the world out there because I know it's going to come out in the fantasy episode because I want Drew to be on it. Uh, I lost to Drew again this week. Yes, I had literally the worst showing possible. I this think is I why you listen to me and all the advice. Get the fudge out of here. No, literally, I only think I put up like 60 points. It was nothing. It was literally the worst performance head to toe. But uh, anyway, all right. Uh, last one. Technically ones. T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson. I put two wide receivers in there. Now, are we seeing overhyped? I think right now, I think Justin Jefferson's overrated. His yards per catch or yards per reception is 18. He has 568 yards, 63 yards with three touchdowns. T. Higgins, 488, three touchdowns. However, T. Higgins didn't play basically the first game and a half. It was relevant. I honestly think T. Higgins is a real deal. I think Justin Jefferson is overrated. That's just me. I think they are both the real deal. Um, I think T. Higgins is great. He can go up and get the ball. He's quick. He's um, able to find space. Joe Burrow's going to find him. He's kind of his number one target. Right. I really like T. Higgins. Um, but I put Justin Jefferson actually ahead of him. I don't know what it is about him, but I mean, obviously he came from LSU. He reminds me of Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. He's got all of these like um, pro football focused, top rated wide receiver, you know, yeah. and all of these yeah. stats. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's one of those things that like as a fan, you always have these things where, like, I just have a feeling about this player, mm-hmm. and it's just so hard to just, like, go away from it, and I just have this feeling about Justin Jefferson. I understand Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback, but, you know, Adam Thielen is so good as a wide receiver, and Justin Jefferson is able to come in in his rookie year. He moved to the slot, I think. Um, Which is I'm not, usually I'm not where Thielen sure. is. Right, and he was able to just, you know – dominate and and put up yards and it's not just touchdowns for fantasy but it's yards and it's you know like you said like deep balls and everything um i don't want to goat them you know immediately and be like they're the real deal and everything but right they are looking like the top um wide receivers you know top some of the top wide receivers in that class and you also got to think like t higgins i think was a second round pick first pick of the second round that wide receiver class it was so deep. I mean, you're talking Very. about people are like, oh, well, you got, you know, mm-hmm. Ruggs, you got C.D. Lamb, you got um, Judy. Judy, right? Two guys out of Alabama and you got C.D. Lamb. Like, oh, they're the best. Well, you still got Jefferson, you got Ragers coming back, you got T. Higgins. I don't, 
can't even name all of them. They're, this is a deep wide receiver class. Reminds me of the one that Evans, Odell, Jarvis Landry was in. Right. Uh, Sammy Tom Watkins. Second, second all round. Of that. Exactly. And so it's one of those things that like, sometimes you just have a really deep class. And so when you're comparing apples to apples or apples to oranges or whatever, you're just like, man, like wh- whatever, but they're all fruit and fruit is really good. I like fruit. So I'd say that they're great. <laughs> oh God. <And> it's late. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, Justin Jefferson, I just think it's just slightly overrated. Uh, I think that he will be good. He reminds me a lot of huh, who else? Stefan Diggs. Great route runner, really fast. can get, you know, behind the, the safety and catch those, you know, those long balls, AKA why he has a 18 YPR, which is honestly kind of crazy. That's ridiculous. Usually, in my opinion, the norm is like 11 to about 15, and 15 is kind of pushing it to me. But um, And even T. Higgins has kind of like a crazy YPR right now. It's at 14. I think it was really at like 14.7, but I just didn't put the decimal in. All right, that's it for that. Last pretender contender, I will just shout it out. You tell me. You don't have to give any – what's it called? Because we're wrapping it up. Wrapping it up. Uh, No context. But – We'll start it off. Tennessee Titans, offensive rank 13th uh, per lineups.com. Mind you, lineups.com also has the Dolphins at the number one defense. <laughs> yes, sir. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, offense 13th and defense 15th. Tennessee Titans, pretender, contender. Um, and whenever I say continue to contender, like strong playoff candidate, I'm not saying like we'll win the Super Bowl. Right. Then I, then I say contender. I, obviously, I don't think that they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs, you know, will have something to say. Maybe the Steelers, too, in, the, in that side. But uh, Tennessee Titans, I still have to put them as a contender, especially the division that they're in. And they are just, you know, I know they dropped two games. Still a good football team. Mm-hmm. Now, are we contender. saying one win or two wins in the playoffs? Uh, we'll say bounced. One. We'll say one for right now. I say they get there, things. but they get bounced immediately. Uh, they they just don't have a pass rush. That's just that's just it, and they're not doing anything to change that so far. But they did get Desmond King, so they're trying to revamp their defense. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive rank is eighth, and they're tied for fourth in the defense category. Are we buying the hype of the Bucks? Oh my god! Okay, so preseason, I was not buying the hype of the Bucks, and they started doing really well, and then now they're not doing too hot. Look, they got time to get it together. TB twelve late in the season, you know, you it doesn't matter what happens early on this season; right. they can get it together. Um, as of now, I'm going to say contender, but if Antonio Brown comes in, fits well into the whole system. If they get all their healthy players back and they figure out an actual run game. Defense is really good. They could turn it around, and I definitely see that happening. Um, but for right now, you got to prove it to me. So I just have contender in that, you know, scenario. Very flexible contender is what you're trying to say here? Yes. Okay. Lastly, the cards. We've said it. We've talked about it 100 times. Their offensive rank right now is seventh, and their defensive rank is even better, and it sits at six. Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson are killing it on the defensive side. And Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins are doing their thing on the offensive side. I'm saying pretender. I don't like what I see. It's sporadic. It's very up and down. And it's like a roller coaster. I don't like it. 
I actually agree with that. Um, I, it's so it's so hard. Obviously, you're picking good good questions out here. Um, I'm not saying that they're a bad team. I would almost yeah. put this yeah, as no. more of like if the question was overhyped, underhyped, I would say overhyped because it's it's that type of thing. Is yeah, they put up yards. Yeah, they have a great offense. They could run a lot of plays really fast. That's probably why they have a great offense because they run more plays than everyone else. So they have more offensive opportunities. Right. I just don't un, uh, completely buy into the like NFL consistency, you know, clutch time, Kyler Murray running game, not doing, you know, Anything. what's going on over there. <laughs> so that's what I really have to see. I mean, okay. They beat the Seahawks. Yeah. But I take the Seahawks nine times out of 10 over them. So that's what I'm trying to say is right now I'm pretender. Um, yeah. I just don't, don't buy it. Yeah, neither do I, and because uh, I forgot to add my quick two cents. Um, Tampa Bay, I'm saying they're a pretender. No, you know what? No, they're a contender, but they will not win a playoff game. That is my very bold prediction because of TV 12 and the elite offense that they have, as well as the amazing freaking defensive front line that they have now, uh, which nobody saw coming. Um now, that's very flexible, and obviously that could change, but I'm saying that they, they make it to the playoffs, but they immediately get bounced. That is my thing right then and there. And I already said, you know, Titans, I think they get uh, one win in the, in the postseason, and that's it. But the cards, I definitely think struggle, maybe get the wild card. And, uh, God, it's just so hard to tell. Like I said, it, it – it, it's just such a roller coaster. Like they're missing some pieces on defense and it shows like, I don't like their linebackers. Their defensive lines, very spotty. Their secondary is very good. And then on their offensive side, their offensive line is very spotty. They obviously have great receivers with a great quarterback. And then their running back game is just, it, I just don't like the situation. I think they get in as a wild card. And that's it. Period. And story. It's just, not a fun thing to look at honestly but that is all that i have today um i just apologize for the lack of content uh that has you know been non-existent or that has been you know it's been a problem is what i'm trying to say say. um but i've been crazy busy uh work's been crazy busy and i've been traveling everywhere so i hope you can forgive me drew thank you so much for being on Please go and check him out. Like I said, he's so close to 100 subscribers. Nothing would make me more happier than to see this guy's work pay off at the end of the day. Um, Drew Brummer, YouTube.com. Drew Brummer. Go subscribe. Go show him some love. He makes great videos, in-depth videos, and he does a lot of research. Uh, I was just trying to catch him off guard today because I know he loves to do research. So we will uh, we'll definitely see him back, hopefully, for um, Thursday's episode, Thursday's fantasy episode uh which we hopefully can record wednesday if not drew fyi i'm off tomorrow uh not off tomorrow i get off early tomorrow so if you can't do it wednesday just let me know but um anyway drew any last second shout outs did i miss anything thank you austin for having me i always love doing these because i've kind of moved away from podcasts and talking fun stuff of sports uh yes i have a youtube channel please subscribe (laughs) I'll be your friend. Comment. I'll do a video of your choosing. 
Um, I do a lot of football one-on-one analyzing stuff. Um, go Texas A&M. We're going to make it to the college football playoffs and win it all, of course. Just kidding. And uh, have a great November. Be safe, y'all. Wait, is, uh, is Alabama's y'all's division of the SEC? Yes. Okay, never mind. I was about to say, you could have a chance to make it to the, final, to the championship. but uh... No, but it actually works out perfectly the way it's set up. Because we don't have to play in a game. We're favored the rest of the year. Go nine and one, slip in, be like, oh, we only lost to Alabama. They were a good loss. What are you going to take? A two loss Georgia team, no Big 12 team. Boom, baby, let's go. You literally have to go perfect. Who, uh, y'all have one. T- Never mind. No, I think the toughest is against is Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, it's very possible. I'm not ruling it out. It's very possible. Um, y'all finally decided, uh, finally figured out the fact that y'all, y'all can run the ball. Y'all can I've run the ball. It. Like, I, so I, I do videos on my channel. Go check them yeah. out. And literally, if you look at every single one of my AM videos, I'm like, wow, we're really good at the running ball. I think we should do that more. And then you just watch. And it's like, we have one of the best offensive lines in the country, only giving up two sacks all year. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're finally the running the ball. And look what's happening. You're shocking the nation. Kellen is playing great because now he has time in the pocket. It's very true, actually. Um, I saw that he had uh, – I don't think it was this week. I think it was last week where he had over 300 yards. And a couple more weeks before that, I think he had 300 yards, which is shocking. Um, but I have to give credit where it's due. And uh, as much as I absolutely hate to say it, y'all are winning. So y'all are in the top ten, and y'all have fought your way there. Y'all, y'all deserve Y'all deserve We're it. amazing. And everyone should bow down because we're Get great and amazing. Get out of here. <laughs> anyway, all right. That is it for today. Uh, thank you for everybody tuning in. Hit that follow button if you can. We'll see you later. Peace.